Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're joined by Jason Dale Turnbull. Jason, how are you? Very well, David. How are you? I'm good, mate. And we've got the great kitmaster, Billy. Dave, thanks for uh, having me on. We're going to be a bit of a team effort now after the failure of the first one. Anyway, Jason, talk us through your early life. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? I was born in hospital. (laughs) (laughs) What Um, hospital, Jason? No, I was born in Bathurst, um, raised at Lagoon. I've never really left. Um, just been here all my life. I lived down the road. Um, Mum and Dad built a new house, so we moved over there, and then I ended up moving back to the to the old house, um, and then moved up here to four hundred six Ryan's Road. Very good, Jason. Uh, obviously, we've got you on today. You're a bit of a big name in the trotting world. At your words, not ours. <laughs> um, how long have you been involved in horses your whole life? Yeah, my whole life. Um, my grandfather was, my dad was, all my uncles and aunties are. Um, yeah, just my whole life. Yeah. I've horse my whole life. I'm quite new to horse horses and the horse game, but um, my old man, when we said we're going to the trots, he said, well, it's just a turnbullis on, so... You can't think of Bathurst Trots without the Turnbulls. When did you start getting involved in the horses? Straight out of school or before school? Um, when I was... I got my licence when I was 16, 16 and a half. Um, you're allowed driving races. When I was 17, my dad passed away. Um, so I sort of took on a more full-on role, I guess you could say. I was still at university, um, but... Yeah, I, I was working full time at the stables from you know just yep. just before I finished my HSC. Um, but you would have been in the stables. Yeah, yeah, I was in the stables every weekend and that. Sort Is it of always stuff. something you were going to pursue? Yeah, I think so. Um, look, I, I've got a I've got a um, a degree in primary school teaching, um, but I think at the end of the day, I was always going to do trots until um, until you know. It's such time that I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, and you touched on HSC, uh, uni there, sorry. What was that, a backup plan, or you just, at the time, you didn't have anything else to do? Yeah, no, that was just a backup plan. Um, I don't sort of do things because I don't have other things to do, unlike somebody else I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, really? no, mum and dad said, you know, before I do the horses full-time, they'd like me to either get a trade or a... Um, or go to uni and do something. Um, and so I ended up doing primary school teaching. Um, actually filed my HSC, but that's we'll keep that one on the down low. Um, but yeah, ended up getting into primary school teaching and did that at Charleston of Bathurst. Yeah, very good. Um, talk us through your first uh, competitive drive. I'm a hell of a driver. I've had one drive so far and it was a terrifying experience. Were you comfortable or...? Was it nerve-wracking too for you? First drive in a race? Or first, yeah. Uh, first drive in a race. It was on a horse that I owned myself um, that we paid near nothing for. Um, he had, you know, a fair few starts before I drove him when Emma drove him. Um, or, yeah, I think Emma drove him. Anyway, I had a drive and the plan was to go forward and go forward hard. Well, I hit the gate before they let him go. Um, near galloped out, save a source in Australia, near galloped out. Um, had to balance him up, went forward, caught in the death, dropped out, but I had fun. <laughs> what did you run last? 
Uh, no, I think I run about seventh or eighth or something. I can't yeah. really remember. Who was your first win on? Cancun Saloon. Cancun Saloon. Penrith. And Penrith. I, and I saluted all the way down the straight. <laughs> was that the race where your old man just told you to get to the death? Was that was, was that, that, was that it. horse? Yeah. Uh, what happened, um, Dad was putting me on this and that and everything, all these well-graded horses. And he was thinking, these just have to win. They have to win. You know, the kid has to drive a winner one day. Yeah. Anyway, he said, all that you have to do is get to the death on this, not wins. I said, okay. So I've lobbed in the death. I've nearly sat three wide most of the way just to... Because I, I didn't want to get in any trouble. B, I wasn't really worried about where I was going. I was just worried about being in the death. Um, anyway, he's kicked on his one. Did a really good job. And, yeah, I saluted all the way down the straight because I was pretty happy with myself. You've got to enjoy those moments. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you, you touched on it briefly there, but the passing of your father, that must have been hard at a young age. Oh, obviously, you know, those, those sort of things are hard on, on anybody, you know. Um, yeah, it was hard, but, you know, we, we sort of did our best to, when I say we did our best, mum and Emma and myself did our best to keep the stable going, um, keep clients, keep clients happy. Um, and I think we've done a reasonably good job, you know. Um, we're not the leading stable in the state by any means, but we sort of tick along and we get a couple of winners here and there and, you know, um, we do our best. Was there ever a, a period after your dad's passing that uh, you thought you didn't want to go on with things or you, you thought the stable probably wasn't going to continue or was there ever, was there ever um, any thoughts on that? Probably not. Um, you know, obviously working with your mum and your sister um, or family in general, you know, you're going to have blues. Yep. Um, there's barely a day goes by that me and Emma don't have a blue. I've heard um, she's actually touched you up a few times. Yeah, yeah, and that used to be a big problem, hence why I'm doing Is the boxing training now, so that I, you know, Just I can protect yourself. myself a little bit. But, um, yeah, you know, like, you have your ins and your outs, and, you know, you you have your good days and your bad days, like anybody does. Like, Dave, I'm sure you'd have some at the gym. Um any of bad days. Uh, yeah, no, actually, probably not at the gym. But anyway, um, you know, like, you have your good and bad days. Um, but, you know, we're there. We're there for the long haul. And, you know, we've got clientele that keep us going. And, um, yeah. Did you feel the pressure? You you sort of said you took it on a bit yourself or you felt like you had to take it on yourself? Not, not really pressure. Um, it's funny. It's sort of like... Um, People just do what they have to do, and I, I, I didn't have to do it, but it was something that I wanted to do, and I just did it. Yeah. You know, um, I look back now and I think, how would I finish my HSC and train horses full time, and go to the trots three or four nights a week, doing two trips to um, one to Penrith, one to Harold Park, or possibly two to Harold Park. Um, and you know do everything else in between and you know and you sort of you look back on those things and you think i don't know how i did it but it's also a time when you reflect excuse me you can look back and you can actually be proud of what you've done in your life thus far yeah you do what you had to do and hopefully hopefully i've got a few more years and do what i have to do but you know and you spoke on those trips to harold park twice a week sometimes how did you how did you get yourself motivated to drive to Sydney twice a week? Like, no, I don't know. Did you always have a couple of drives, or was there maybe only times you'd go for one drive? Uh, look, to be honest, I can't really recall going 
twice a week, week in, week out. Yeah. Um, but we used to go down there on a Tuesday. Um, they were a bit weaker at Harold Park on a Tuesday because nobody wanted to drive into into the yeah. city. Um, so it was stronger at Penrith. So we'd sort of go to Harold Park on a Tuesday. It was a bit weaker. Um, and then, you know, you'd back up on a Friday night, go back on a yeah. Friday night. You'd probably do Bathurst on a Wednesday as well. Um, and then wherever else on the weekend, you know, Parks or Dubbo race, you know, you'd go out there. Um, these days we sort of, we don't go down near as much, um, but we go sort of Parks and Dubbo, probably because the calibre of horse that we've got too, you know, um, like we couldn't take some of them horses that we take to Parks or Dubbo, you couldn't take them down to Menangle, they'd nick it flat. So, you know, it's just, it just depends on what sort of a team you've got. Um, but yeah, we, we used to do it, we used to get by, and I think it's what you get accustomed to as well. Like, if I have to go to Menangle on a Saturday night, I'm buggered yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. And then if I have to go to Parks or Dubbo on a Sunday, well, I'm absolutely knackered for, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and nearly Wednesday as well, you know. Um, but it, it's what you get used to, you know, like um, doing it regularly. Um, you sort of get you get more used to it and you just sort of take it in your stride. Yep. Speaking of being buggered, going to parks, one of the first times I've probably met you, well, not met you, but spent a bit of time with you, we all went out to parks. Anyway, Jason goes to me, uh, have you got your truck licence? And I said, yep, I just got it the week before, so I was quite proud of it. I think <laughs> I might be able to help out and drive home. <laughs> So the boys no, tell me... No, no, no. He said, yeah, I drive a truck all the time. Boy. Yeah, runner. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very good at it, though. <laughs> what happened on that trip home, Jason? Oh, we had a couple of beers. <laughs> they pull up and get a carton of beer, which was which was gone before Bathurst, so about mm. probably two to two and a half hour trip. Three hours of you driving. <laughs> you drive like grandma. And when I put the horse through the back of the cab at the <laughs> poor old uh, Benign I think that was his head we, went through the top of the we had to, we had to stop at the railway but if I recall rightly because yeah. we were a bit dry on the way home yeah so we stopped in for a couple of but what happened when we got home Bill I sort of can't remember oh actually yeah, I yes. do remember <laughs> didn't we take horses home yeah we someone? took some home for uh, NT Racing also known as Nathan Turnbull um, he asked us if we could just put a couple of horses in his father's paddock so yeah, no, no, that's all good, no dramas. And me and Jason probably had a couple too many beers. I sort of can't remember this, but I remember it the next day. And uh, we left the horses in Dave Sellers's trusted hands. And uh, yeah, you want to you want to tell the rest of the story, Jason? Well, there's there was a group chat. There's a couple of different versions. No, no, this is the true there's version. There's only one version. <laughs> And Billy's text, and he said, Sellers is claiming that he took the horses off the float last night. Mind you, I'm fucking terrified of horses. (laughs) Anyway, my response was, well, I just spoke to NT Racing. He said that the horses were left with their headstalls on and the leads still over the back of their neck, two leads. How the leads stayed over the back of their head, like they lean down and have a pick of grass or something, you'd think the leads would fall off and then they'd get their leg caught in them and, you know, it's just catastrophe. But, no, Sellers let them go with the leads and the headstalls still on. And still couldn't see anything wrong with no. it the next day. Still doesn't see looking at him now. He doesn't see anything. <laughs> in right hindsight, now. I can, but at the time I was doing the right thing because I didn't want him to lose the leads. Well, and the thing I said to not, sellers, we're at Lagoon. It's not like people are going to drive by and steal leads. Yeah, so. but I asked for your expert advice, and you were 
back down on the road looking up at the stars and he couldn't speak. Well, so well, there, well, there's a little something in that. You shouldn't ask someone that's had 20 beers for some advice. Anyway. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, tell us about uh, going overseas and driving over there. Um, How did that come I, about? Yeah, when I was 18 or 19, um, I won what was called the Encouragement Award at, through harness racing. I got that footy on you. And then the loyalty award. <laughs> yeah, but I got a $5,000 travelling scholarship. What did you get for winning yours? Got a little trophy and a canine voucher. Yeah, well, and I, I, had a, I had about 10 hot dogs for it. I, I, got, I got a $5,000 travelling scholarship. So um, what happened, everybody used to sort of take it to America. Just, you know, that was the place where everybody wanted to go. And I had a... A uh, bloke ring me up, Robert Marshall, and he said, would you be interested in going to Europe? And I said, oh, yeah, why not? Something different. Um, you know, we'll try that. So it ends up we went to, I think, six countries, and I had drives in pretty much all of them. What countries um, did you go to? Rome, Paris, I had a drive in Rome. I didn't have a drive in Paris, but I went to like where they work them all and I had a couple of drives, track work. Um, Finland, England, Estonia, and I think I might be leaving somewhere else, but uh, anyway, that was you know, basically it. But Ireland. I went, I went to Ireland, that was just for a bit of R&R. Right, after. right. Just, just that would have been a stressful trip, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was very stressful. <laughs> Did are, they, you... are they trotters over there? Are they paces? What are... Um, they're all trotters, except for in England. In yep. England, they're all paces. Yeah. Um, in all over Europe, besides England, obviously, it's, it's very big. Um, there's good prize money, good crowds, good yep. horses. How does it compare to here, is it? Oh, you can't really compare to them. They're, they're um, a lot bigger? Oh, I wouldn't say they're a lot bigger. They're, it's just different. They they race in short carts. We race in long carts. They're all trotters. We're, we were all pacers until, you know, 10 years ago. Now we're sort of starting to get back into the trotters a bit. Um, yeah, it's just different. Um, it's probably... It was funny, when we were in England, um, we pulled up, I remember we we went um, to the trots this day, and we pulled up in the car, and we were running late, and I said to the bloke that was driving us, I said, where's the change room? And he said, what? I said, where do I get changed? He said, please, please yourself, you know, <laughs> wherever you like. And I said, what, do I just drop me Dax here? And he goes... Yeah, if you want, beside the car. So just dropped me Dax and put me driving gear on and went and drove this horse. Um, but there were horses tied up with trucks and all that sort of stuff, you know. Like, it, that never used to happen at Blaney. Yeah. yeah. Back 20 years ago, I'm talking. Um, you know, that sort of stuff didn't happen there, let alone Bathurst or Carroll Park or anything like yeah. that. You know, there was always a change room. You always went and got changed in change rooms, you know. Um but yeah, so that was, you know, it, that meeting in particular was probably <coughs> lower, not not lower, that's probably the wrong word, but more relaxed. Not as professional. Uh, yeah, not as professional as, as most of the meetings I'd been to here in my life mm-hmm. up until that date. Um, 
but then you know you look when you go to um paris and rome and those places you know they're very very you know um very professional very this very that you know everything has to be done right and da 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 um so it really varied big time over the different countries uh, the different meetings and that sort of stuff yeah yep. did you learn anything from over there that you took back to your driving here well when i was over there um you weren't allowed to cross your reins and hit your horse we've just implemented that here oh, in the last say two years or something so did it help me Probably well, you got, not you because still I, I, I copped a few <laughs> whip fines, but um, yeah, no, it, it was just, it was such a completely different game. It was sort of hard to take much out of it, to yep. be honest. And especially when you're 18, you go over there and... It's know, more of a party, really. Yeah, well, it was, there was a fair bit of drinks. And the, <laughs> they, they love drinking over there. They, now, just take a step back. What's the difference between pacing and trotting? Um, pacing the, for to, people that don't know, it's more for we, me. We've been trying to explain this to Dave for probably three years now. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a pacer moves its right front leg and its right back leg at the same time. Yep. A trotter moves its right front leg and its left back leg at the same time. So they go opposite rather than... Pretty much. So instead of shuffling like a pacer does, they go... What, what have we got? They only have trot race at Menangle really here. There was one the other day, wasn't there? At Menangle. Was it Menangle? Yeah. Menangle. There's, there's about four. Of them. Has it always been with the mobile or was it standing? Have you ever done <laughs> uh, standing have, starts? They still have standing starts. You ever been in one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been a few. Um, I can't really note any you know yeah. spectacular drives I've had off the stand or anything like that I think that I've sort of got them away but probably only had five or six or seven or something yeah. like that you know but now trottings can be dangerous so uh, you've had your fair share of injuries yeah. um what what injuries have you suffered and talk us through the big one uh, I had I popped my AC joint in my shoulder had an operation when I was 18 or 19 I popped my AC joint in my other shoulder, didn't have an operation. I busted my knee, um, didn't actually do any damage as such, but just ripped it open and a heap of crap and stuff went in it. So I had to have an operation on it. And that was, I think I spent three months on the sideline then too. Um, I had, I got tipped out of Penrith one night and broke my collarbone. And was badly concussed. Was it was that um was that the night when Wayne White could have been seen running like Usain Bolt up the straight? <laughs> that, that was that can, night. Can you tell us what um what, what Steve Turnbull <laughs> said that night? Well, Steve Steve Turnbull was running across the track as well, and he said that he had to pull up because it was over in the back straight. So it was about you know hundred metres, yeah. a couple hundred metres. Steve Turnbull said he was running across the track because I hit the deck and I didn't move. Obviously, I was knocked out. Um, Anyway, it turns out um, Steve was running across the track and he said he had to pull up and have a bit of a blow. He was knocked up. And old Wayne White's powered on passing. He said, you realise this kid hasn't moved? And Stephen said, 
Yep, yep. And so he started sprinting because he said, I didn't want to be outdone by Whitey. He beat me there. But, um, yeah, so I ended up, I, I was still out cold when they got there. Um, but, yeah, I came to and we're all good now. It's the only concussion I've had. <laughs> Talk us through your broken leg. Uh, yeah, broke my leg. Broke my leg, what was that, 18 months ago? Uh, August, end of August um, last year. So I... Um, Last year, year before, year before. Um, anyway, was driving horse track work. Um, was a bit of a rogue, to say the least. Um, uh, it so happened, Emma, my sister, was away for three weeks. Um, turns out she was away for three weeks, so we are working the horses, and Emily, my stepdaughter, and another girl that we had working for us at the time, um, I wouldn't put them on this particular horse because he was a he was a mongrel. Yeah. Um, so they were driving the other one, but I I always like to lead unless Emma's there um, because I know what speed I'm going, especially when they're working up. Anyway, so I was leading on this horse all the time, and he was doing everything right. Anyway, turns out Emma got home on the Thursday, and we'd had a couple of really big days. You know, we'd really been grinding, and turns out. She said, oh, I have tomorrow off. I said, no, I've got to come down. I've got to drive Lou. And she said, oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll work them. I'll just work them single, Lou and LB, I think it was. And I said, oh, no, no. I said, I want to sit Lou on because I want to trial him on Monday, but I want to make sure he's not going to do anything stupid before I take him into town because he'll hurt someone. Anyway, so long and the short, sitting on, everything's going good. I've eased him to her outside wheel. He's taken charge and he's just veered straight off the track. Turns out he, um, he's he got one wheel over the outside of the track and there's a fence there not far from it. And what happened, he straightened himself up so he didn't hit the fence and he's behind hit the shaft and tipped the gig. Well, I've ended up on top of the barbed wire fence straight across me guts. Um, I've slid across it for two metres. Um, the only thing that stopped me was a star picker that I hit me, hit me leg with. Jesus. Um, How fast were you going? How fast did they get going? Oh, they get going pretty 50, fast. 60 k's? Yeah, round about. Yeah, something like that. Um, and we were, going, we were going pretty quick when it happened. Um, anyway, I had a compound fracture in my leg. Um, three surgeries, six months off. Does a lot that... of help, a lot of help in between time. Um, I remember Georgia. I, I couldn't get a, couldn't get off, couldn't get off the lounge. So, I'd have a drink or something, and I couldn't get up to even go to the toilet. So, I'd have a little pee bottle. So I'd pee in the bottle, and used to ask the step kids, but they wouldn't empty it for me. <laughs> so, Georgia, Georgia's, she's now five, so she would have been what three and a half or something then. She'd say, I'd say, Georgia, can you come and do daddy father? Yeah, sure, daddy, what can I do for you? I said, go and empty this in the toilet. So she'd go and empty it for me, God bless her. Yeah, so that was that. And um, six months off and a lot of rehab and a lot of training since and that sort of stuff. And we're still here. Does that play on your mind driving now? No. You don't ever go into it sort of? What about your first drive back? No. What about the day when you uh, got tipped out on... Bill's Express, oh no, not, wasn't, Big Bill at Dubbo, sorry. 
That was your first time you got tipped out after you'd come back from your leg. Were you worried then at all? No, I was more worried when I got up and I couldn't feel my hand. Oh, right. Um, it didn't, doesn't, doesn't yeah, phase me as such, but um, yeah, I landed on my hand that day and I don't know if you remember, but I had some... Yeah, we heard about it for six months yeah. after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, one doesn't go back to the other, you know, I've been tipped out in that same spot before at home and, you know, nothing sort of come of it and... Yeah, you know, I, I had a, the the first day back driving. I actually drove that same horse that tipped me out. Yep. And I had a good look at the fence when I went past because there's still a little dent in where I hit the chicken wire where <laughs> I stopped. Um, Did you do that on purpose to get over it mentally? What kick the chicken take, wire? No, take, when I was start, but... take that horse on straight away first. No, ride. what happened? I was at work and I started driving. I drove a nice quiet one. And then things sort of weren't moving, and then Emma was going to start yelling at me, so I just got in. I just drove him. Just, just did it. Is that horse still in the stable, or is no, it no, moved no? On? He's gone. He went to Queensland. He won a couple, right? He won a race down here, and then he went to Queensland. Um, and then yeah, he ended up. He was he was a bit of a headache actually because he he kicked he kicked our main worker. Um, or trot on her or something, didn't he? Emily. Oh, Philip Childs. <laughs> <laughs> no, Philip and Emily are on sort of ah, okay. on par. But, okay. um, yeah, no, he, kicked, he trot on Emily's leg or something. So it was funny because I had to take her in to get an x-ray and I could drive because it was my left foot, so I could drive an automatic car. Yep. So I had to drive our mate in and we raced in on the crutches. <laughs> I took her in and they said, what are you doing? I said, well, she's got to have an x-ray on her leg. And they said... Well, what are you doing? I said, well, I had to drive her in. She couldn't drive. So, um, yeah, but it was just one of those things. But he went to Queensland. He won a couple of races up there. And then uh, in typical Lou fashion, he hit his head on the gate one night. And they think he concussed himself and he was never the same. Yeah, right. I would like to have hit him in the head too, but <laughs> I couldn't stand up that day. I remember laying on the track and he he came around flat out. And he was on the inside track. I was on the outside. I sort of prized myself back up on the track. Anyway, I thought, I just thought to myself, just quietly, I thought, don't you run at me. Do not run at me. You've done enough damage because I knew my leg was that shit. Anyway, all of a sudden, he's sp- he, he shied away from me and he's gone past and he's turned around and he's come back down the back straight. No, I was at the bottom of the back straight. And he's coming down flat out pacing. And I could see between his legs, he was as clean as a whistle. Yep. He was pacing. And I actually said out loud, I said, don't you run over me, you big bastard. You have definitely done enough damage here today. Because if he had to just kept going, could he, would have just, he would have just run clean over the top of me. Yep. I, had, I had no helmet on because I pulled my helmet off and tried to get my jacket off and all that. As soon as I hit the ground, because it was pretty cold. And I had a neck warmer and that. And because Emma was there with me. She'd sort of seen it and, I, and she was looking around and so as soon as I hit the ground, I sort of, I pulled my helmet off and pulled my neck warmer off because I couldn't breathe all that well either, yeah. um, just to get it all off. Um, and she saw that, so she went back and told them. But by the time she got back to the stables and told everyone and then they got up there, it was probably, you know, a couple of minutes, five minutes or something. So, um, yeah, but they, um, she had to work the horse a couple of days later, I think, and... I remember mum telling me I was laying in hospital and mum said, Emma worked Lou this morning. I said, how'd, how'd that go? And she said, I don't know who was more nervous. He was standing there shaking before she took him out of the shed and she was shaking too because she had to drive him. But um, yeah, he got by, he won a race, so. Yeah. What, uh, you, yeah, no, you no, go after you. Uh, what's a, what was the first horse that 
sort of took your breath away that just gave you a different feel to the other ones that you drove? Like, was there one horse that you just took off one day and you thought, fuck me? Hi Ho Caesar was a very good juvenile. He, um, he, he, he wasn't that good to start with, but he just kept getting better and better. He, yep. he had, I think he had seven or eight starts as a two-year-old. The worst he did was a fourth in the group one, a fifth in the group one. Yeah, right. Um, he ran second in the semi, the size. He ran fourth, fifth in the final. Um, he won every other start. I know he got beat one day at Forbes because he ran off the track, but <coughs> he, um, yeah, he was just a, he was he was just a really nice two-year-old. Um, came back, he won plenty of races. The three-year-old came back as four-year-old won won plenty of race again. Made it to Harold Park. Um, had a bit of a breathing issue. Um, had a had a pallet actually. Um, turns out he won his. Brought him back to work after we knew he had the pallet and just worked him up nice and steady, just all the time, you know, just relax. Um, turns out he went to Harold Park on the Tuesday and he won there. I just drove him nice and quiet, followed a horse, just took me right into the race and he just had really good speed. Um, and he outdashed him. Then the next week he was in at Harold Park on the Friday, which was the Metro meeting back in the day. Um, he drew barrier two. If he leads, he wins. Drove him out hard, led one. Next week he went down, same grade of race because I was a junior driver. Drew two or three again. Punch him out, leads, he wins. But I had to punch him out really hard. From there on in, he just wanted to rip and roar and just go flat out all yeah. the time. All that good work that I'd done was probably undone in those three starts. But you've got to think, you know, they got, you know, they got two metro wins and a country win. They're probably well and truly paid for yeah. whatever it is. Um, but yeah, he ended up pulling that bad that he was roaring every time he went around. The owners decided not to do the surgery. You know, was that the right decision or wrong decision? I, I don't know. You know sometimes those <laughs> things work, sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's actually still... Uh, I still see him every now and again when you drive out on the Orange Road. He's, he's retired out there. Um, near the orchard, right near the orchard, so I, I wave to him every now and again. And uh, a special horse for the stable, GD's boy, was it? Or, yeah, GD's boy was special. Um, he was he was owned by mum and uh, another bloke called Steve Fraser. Um, he was a real handful to start with. Uh, wooden pace, hop and skip and carry on. When Dad was sick, um, he was in work. When Dad got diagnosed, he went straight to the paddock because he was one of ours and it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, he didn't have to come back. He won six at Harold Park. He was just he was just a really, really good, honest horse that had above average ability. Um, he's the only one that we named after Dad um, because Dad sort of had something to do with the breeding of him and and all the rest, you know. Um, he was right at that time, so we we didn't feel the need to have everything going around being called GD, something, yep. you know, if there's scrubbers that run the fourth and the fifth, you know, yep. sort of. But we just named him because we knew, or mum named him, sorry, it wasn't, wasn't me so much, but she named him GD's boy because she knew that he had potential. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think he fulfilled it in the end. And we were going to take him to the Kilmore Cup, but it turns out he didn't get a run in it, so... 
Um, you know, that's the sort of horse he was. He, yeah. was, he, he wasn't far off a, off a group horse, but he was just a good, honest horse. Oh, so right. he'd go to Harold Park every week and perform his best. Yep. What's your biggest win or biggest race win? Uh, probably the Gold Chalice. Uh, it was a group three, I think. Uh, Full of Speed was his name. Once again, a very nice horse that won plenty of races at Harold Park. Um, yeah, so that's probably been the biggest. What about personally, your, your most memorable winner or anything coming back from your leg or anything else comes to mind? No, I, I, I'll never forget my first one when I saluted all the way down the show. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Did you get fined for that back no. then? No. I get fined for everything these days, <laughs> but not for that. Um, and you've got the drive on the great drawless green. What's that like now? Must be exciting. Yeah, look, he's a, he's a, he's a very special horse. He... Um, He's got speed, he's got stamina, he's he's just the ultimate professional. He's just, he's he's something that could possibly be out of the box. Um, hopefully, hopefully when he comes back, he um, he just continues to improve, which is what he's done the whole way through. Um, when I broke, I broke him in and I loved him. Um, he was just, he was just a good gated, natural going horse that just, had the world at his feet, and you know, and you can say that about a lot of them. And you know, I've said it about him before, but he's obviously taken that step, and he, um, yeah, he seems very special. And Jason, you've um spoke before about having a few syndicates and clients and that sort of stuff. Talk us through blood money and what how that sort of works with the, the syndicates. And this is probably your chance to give yourself a bit of a plug and sell the next lot you've got. I believe there's. The godfather of Bathurst Harness Racing is involved, <laughs> so Mr. Ian Bullock. Yes, sir, he's, Bullock yes. he's in it. Yeah. What happened? I I had a, a friend, um, Mark Daly, uh, ring me up and or ring me or text me or something and said, "What would these horses be worth?" There was three, and there was still blood money preacher's daughter. He said, "What would they be worth?" And I said, "Oh, mate, I wouldn't like to put a price on them. Yeah, I wouldn't like to offend you." <laughs> You know, because if somebody says, "Oh, what's what's my what's my horse worth?" and you say, "Oh, three thousand, oh, I thought it was worth ten, You know, you don't want to offend people. And I said, "Look, you give me give me a price, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Do you want to sell?" And he said, "Yeah." So he said, "I think he said twelve thousand, but they weren't in work." And I said, "Mate, look, that's that's a bit dear for me." I said, "Not in work." I said, "I'll give you nine. I said, that way, hopefully I can syndicate about half a mount. Um, then it doesn't actually cost me. Like, sure, it costs me, but I'm putting the work in. So, but they're paying the fee bill, the other owners. You know, it's happy days. So we agreed on that. Um, so I sent a big plug around to everybody. Um, emails, Facebook, a lot. I sold eight shares um, at 5% into three horses. I think there's two people here sitting here tonight that uh, are also, uh, no, 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 no. also offered shares. In my defence, I was offered, but I had I had a couple of other horses. Didn't oh. really have the, uh, the the time or finance, I suppose. But Dave Sellers... But, but like Colin Wood said, yeah. he said 250 a month yeah, yeah, yeah. is a carton a week. A carton of beer a week. Yeah, look, but I look, I I just had a couple of horses that had a couple of surgeries no, and that, no, and no, I, not... I I just wasn't in the uh, the right place for it. But Dave, he's got no excuse. I believe he actually called you an idiot. I rang for, up and uh, said, "Why would you do something so stupid as buying five percent of 
fuck all. And then <laughs> I'm a full hour. Well, it turns out when I, when I was buying them, I said to Mark, I said, look, I'm really interested in Preacher's Daughter. Um, the other two, not so much. And he said, well, I'm selling them as a group. I'm yep. selling the three together. And I said, well, that's a good idea. And he said, why is that? And I said, well, you wouldn't be able to give them other two fuckers away. Well, that's what, the day you offered it to me, I rang up Billy and he said, Preacher's Daughter's okay, the rest of them are bumped. Mm. Well, that's what I thought. Turns out one Shows what sort of judge I am. Yeah, no, me too. Oh, yeah, no, me too. But, um, yeah, no, so they bought 5% each and um, there's eight or, eight or nine of them or something and they're, they're having the time of their life. They're, they're watching their horses. I think Blood Money's won five from ten. He's got a bonus in Queensland. He's got a bonus in New South Wales. Preacher's daughter, I think, is one five now. Um, Stilton, I couldn't get Stilton going. Sent him to Tamworth. He won one, and then sold him for two thousand that night. Um, so got near five thousand out of him. Yep. Um, but obviously, you know, had to give the bloke had him something because we weren't paying. He was on a deal up there. So, um, you know, so yeah, happy days. It's just been a real. It's been. A, they've it's, been a real fine. It's quite common in the gallops, probably more so. But do you think that's the future of trots, the small syndic- the big syndicates and the small shares? They're, they're a pain in that you have to, you know, write the bills out for 5% of this yeah. and 5% of that and all this and all that. Um, look, I own 5% of a galloper. Um, a very fast one. They're all very fast. Yeah, very Fox fast. Fox Storm. Fox Storm, God bless him. Hell of a thoroughbred. Um, yeah, you won't have made Nick Gilgantra. That's been his <laughs> so far. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's... It could possibly get that way. Hopefully, it doesn't get to like the five percent because yeah. you know ten percent or something like that. That's fantastic. You know you can handle that, but it's just it's not so much hard for me because I don't do the bills. Yeah. Um, for Wens, it's probably a little bit harder because she does all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, you know, over, over your years, is the trots more popular now, or do you think it's dying off a bit? Or um, it's hard to say. Um, when I was 1920 at Harrow Park, they used to have the, what was it, um, five for 30 night. So you'd pay five bucks to get in and you get 30 bucks of spending money there. They were always packed. Yeah. Because all the uni students and that would go there, get on the piss before they went out. Um, and, you know, and that was good. It sort of got people involved and that yeah. sort of stuff. Like, it, it was a good initiative. Um, did we get a lot of owners out? Probably not, but, hey, we got people through the gate at least yeah. to look. And the Bathurst um, Club have cut the entry fee? That's... Yeah, entry fees are gone, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. It's like we had people that um, bought horses with us for the first time. We said, oh, you should become a member. And they said, oh, we sign up to be a member at the league club. We don't have to pay anything, but we have to pay 80 bucks to be a member yeah. at the trots. Oh, yeah, but you get to go to the trots. I said, yeah, but we get to go to the league club and mm. sit there and watch TV mm. all night, every night, if we want to. Yeah. Um, so that was always a hard sell, um, shoes a pun. But turns out now with no, um, no admission fees, it's, it's definitely easier to yeah. get people to come up and watch. I, I think... Um sort of uh, Wednesday nights isn't the easiest night for people to oh. get up and watch but you've got to give credit to like Amy Rees I think because she's she's doing a hell of a job trying to get things going um, I think if we could get some meetings on Friday nights I think it would be great I think they'd get big crowds but obviously that's 
that's that's hard to do with the tap. That, that's that's money, hard. isn't it? Betting money. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. The problem. The problem is we're driven by the tap. The tab is our main or our only funder, yeah. so to speak. Um, probably not the right word, but we get all our money from the tab. So we have to race when the tab tell us to race. Yeah. Now Bathurst race on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night's a dead chicken because um, Thursday's payday. Yeah. People have money mm, by Wednesday. Yeah, me. So they're not going to go to the pub and have, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Dave. Um, they're not going to go to the pub and have... I get paid have... fortnightly on Wednesday, <laughs> so I'm a king at the trots one week. <laughs> and Leighton's gonna... getting nuggets the next week. <laughs> they're not going to have their $5 each way at the pub on a Wednesday night on yeah. some horse of battles. Yeah. Thursday night, possibly at Penrith. Friday night, possibly wherever they race. Saturday, Menangle. Yeah, sure. Come Sunday, they're starting to do it a bit tough again. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But um, it was probably a good thing to do. I think that they sort of, they, back in the day, they said, oh, okay, Bathurst will race on Wednesdays primarily. Um, Penrith will race Thursdays. Menangle, Saturday and Tuesday, you know, um, and whatever else fills in the gaps. So um, that was just so that people... People that were actually at the pub knew what was going on. So if you went on a Wednesday for a beer, you knew that, um, you know, you were going to be able to watch at the strop. So um, that's sort of how that worked. And, you know, I think that it's it's one of those things. It's sort of, you know, people say, oh, Wednesday's a dead rubber. It is. But it's, you know, this what it is. Now, as an outsider, you spoke about money a bit there, but all the races are the same prize money. Is that right? Um, no, not really. Um, we've just had a bit of a shuffle um, in prize money. Um, turns out that in an A-grade meeting, we get 8,000 prize money, total prize money. Um, B-grade meeting, get 5,999. Sounds like a weird number, but for our rating system, it works a bit better. Um, Menangle, I think, race for nine or ten on a Tuesday. Um, Menangle on a Saturday, obviously, race for more because that's our metro meeting, that's our big meeting of the week. So they might race for, you know, 20,000 in a couple of races. They might have a group race worth 30 or 40 and, you know, and then probably 50. So your normal Wednesday hours. night at Bathurst? How, it's what's usually 8,000. And it's the same all grades? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, correct. Do you find that strange? No, I think that that's good, and, and we've had this conversation before where you say that horses that are higher in grades are better horses should get more money, and I see what you're saying. But the thing is, for the average average horse, and I'm talking about the horses that win one or two races, why shouldn't they have a shot at getting decent money as well? Because they're only going to win that one or two, you know, rather than give the horses that have already won 100000 an extra 2000 and taking that off those horses. Yeah, that's a valid... You know what I mean? Like, um, just to sort of try and even the even the playing field a little bit. Yeah, yeah I just sort of see it like you're getting paid playing reserve grade. If you're any good, you should get the more money. Yeah, that's but you've, like... you've got the potential to do that by going to Menangle yeah, on a Saturday night. But I'm with you. I'm in agreement, Sarah. I think the fast class race at Bathurst, like your 408s and those sorts of horses... I think they should race for a little bit more, but I suppose it's just yeah. But then they've got they've got the talent to go to exactly. Menangle, that, that's, that's so the, they can go down the there and race. So it's only um, it's only you know 
what I what I what I mean is like the average horse is like um, <coughs> pale face Joe. Uh, and I wasn't going to use him <laughs> as an example, but you know he's only going to win sort of two oh, or not three Mr. races. Consistency. <laughs> he's only going to probably win two or three races. So why shouldn't he have the right to win what he can at Bathurst compared to a horse like Four Eight, who you yeah. just used a minute ago, because he wins a race at Bathurst, but he's already won two hundred thousand. Does he need an extra 2000 no, and, and Powerface Joe get two less? I don't sleep on big sex, mate. You no, know, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm definitely no, no, not. I know what you so, mean. You know, I think, yes, if you're, if you're better, you get more money. That's just me anyway. But go to an angle. But you, you do have the potential to go to an angle. So yeah. I'm, yeah. Right, Well, Jace, we've got a couple of questions. Um, as, as I normally do, I'm very organised and I haven't, haven't sent them to you yet. I forgot. So. If you had your last hundred bucks, what would you spend it on? I'd probably have a punt on a horse. Wouldn't be a couple of cartons of super nah. drive. Well, <laughs> that'd be a close second. <laughs> it'd be a pacer from New Zealand that one of his mates has sent <laughs> Yeah. And it'd go backwards yeah. at the 400. Oh, We're paying about $2.50. There are a couple of those today, but yeah. Um, on a more serious note, what's something that you, at the time, thought was a failure, but it turned out to be a bit of a blessing? I don't see much as a failure. I think that you learn from everything. Um, people would have said that my boxing career has been a failure, but we all saw here the other night they give Billy a bit of a touch-up, so, you know, um, I come out with my hands raised there. So, you yeah, know, uh, obviously. Santa's probably... Oh, I shouldn't use that. There's a little girl around here, so I better not say that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Santa's not real, so don't, <laughs> so, so don't believe what Jason Turnbull says. Actually, on that, you've... Probably performed better since you've been training, doing a bit of fitness stuff. Have you noticed any benefit from the training or is it coincidence? Are you talking about since I've started training with Billy or what? <laughs> oh, just in general. Oh, okay. oh, all right. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, like I said before, you tried to give yourself a plug. Um, hey, and slip uh, and rip or whatever it was called. And Justin I've Reynolds. Got a, I've, got a of, shit. <laughs> I've got a lot of people to thank for my success or my moderate success, you might say. Um, slip and rip. Unfortunately, Polly isn't at the top of that list. Now, last one. Uh, your go-to hangover meal when you're just proper the next day, you can't function. Another beer? That happens. Yeah, <laughs> another, another beer is always good. Um, something greasy. You need something greasy. Go to KFC, get a bucket of chicken. KF. Bill, what's yours? Am um, I hangover meal? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I kind of don't eat for a couple of Probably a day or so because I just can't stomach it, but something dirty. Well, something... you always tell me you lose weight after drinking. I put on about 18 kilos. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you eat a lot, Dave. Um, I like a closet eater, aren't you? You're I, a am. Eater. I am. I like milk when I'm hungover, and it's a controversial one. Like well, a big milk tray. There's actually, I spoke to your uh, your girlfriend the other week about your eating habits. And girlfriend or what? Girlfriend, oh, soon girlfriend, to be sorry, wife. Soon to be wife, yeah. Um, yeah. I need yeah, sorry about some that. more money. And oh. she said that she found Hi, a... Sarah. Hey, <laughs> Sarah. She claims that she found a, a thing of Tim Tams in the cupboard. Can you elaborate on that, please? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, she does the shopping. She bought them. So. Oh, and she placed them there and you just <laughs> yeah. swallow them. Uh... Oh well, on that note, we'll wrap oh, it up. Does Jason want to ask us anything? You've got to, you got to ask Jason that. You got any questions for Dave? You got any questions for the uh, Oberon Mafia? Firstly, yeah, I've heard that Dumasy gave you the name. Michael Dumasy gave you the name Oberon Mafia. Yeah, and we're happy. And with it's it. fitting. It's, it's, it's stuck. How the fuck did he come up with that? <laughs> I actually had someone say to me last week. The first time I seen you, you were watching your horses work, and you did look like a mafia man, so 
I'm okay I think it's that. probably the day I rolled up to Parks in a nice um, grey <laughs> jacket and that little top hat that you love. Yeah. And what happened to I would have called you ridiculous, not the overall mafia. I would have called you overall ridiculous after that. I think I'm more the mafia man and Sellers just hangs off the back of it. So I yeah. think it's because I mean, they know It seems like he's like that in a lot of, lot of areas. He's a hanger on. Right, right, well, let's wrap her up, Jason. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate, coming on board. Bill, pleasure as always, and uh, tune in. Hopefully, we can get another episode out before two the or next, three uh, years. The next three years, you should get you should get Ian Bullock on. Talk about his. Uh, probably not. <laughs>